This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. And away we go. Midweek Wednesday. It is a great day for talk radio. It's a beautiful day weather-wise. Boy, i got to say, this is just... Can we even... Call it our indigenous forebears summer equinox or whatever. I mean, I'm I know. just calling it great. Okay, okay, fair. Uh, but you, I hear what you're saying. All right. I didn't know if that was still kosher to do, or is that somehow considered to be indiscreet? I don't, I don't know. Politically you can still incorrect. Say that. Because after the first frost, have we had the first frost yet? I think we did, didn't we? <laughs> okay. Temperature-wise. I forget Temper- which one of us is the farmer. <laughs> yeah, well, you're the one with the almanac in your back pocket. Uh, frost on the ground or frost metaphorically? Yeah, well, on the ground. Okay. Uh, metaphorically. I haven't seen it, you know. No, but when that happens and then, again, the temperature goes up and gets nice into double digits, that's considered to be, you and know, What you tried to just say. <laughs> what not say. Look at us tiptoeing around this. I mean, how silly is... This is a... Summer back again. Yeah, that's what it is, yes. An indigenous summer of sorts. Okay. Whew. Yeah. I think we can pass. Oh, wait, we can say that, I think. Letters to the oh. Canadian Broadcast Standards Council <laughs> will be arriving in the mail. Actually, uh, they won't be letters. It'll be uh, other missives of different sorts. Hey, the look, reasons. the red telephone is ringing. <laughs> no, it's not. All right. Uh... But anyway, I didn't know if that's what we were in the midst of, but it's just a darn nice couple of last days. Darn tootin'. Yeah, yeah. And it's 25 right now. Well, you know, because the weather is really, it's all over the place. Wacky. To wit, what's going on in Florida right now, where the governor there, Rick Scott, calls it the worst hurricane to hit the region in a century. Hang on just a second. Didn't we hear that about the last three? Hmm, and isn't it Florida? Yeah, wasn't there Hugo, Irene, Jose, Maria hit Puerto Rico? Pick I mean, a name. Well, you're going through the alphabet and uh, in descending order. So this is something they're going to hit the panhandle anytime later on today. Hello, Michael. And could drive seawater levels as high as 14 feet, 4.3 meters above normal. Serious stuff. Well, Oof. I would think, you know, when you've got winds uh, gusting to 145 miles per hour, that's 230 kilometers per hour. And for those of us who might be heading to Florida. Oh, are you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> Take a kite. Uh, <laughs> seriously, you're going to Florida. Yeah. Not the Panhandle area, though, I'm sure. Uh, no. Oh, okay. No, no. Okay. Because that's close to Alabama. Yes, no. Where Pensacola and Tallahassee. I, I hear from reliable sources the spot of Florida where I'll be headed is free and clear. So oh, is that's it? good. Okay. For now. Then that's the other part of the state, evidently. Because this thing's supposed to make landfall and then kind of cut up through, well, a bit of Alabama into Georgia. Yeah. And uh, up the East Coast. It's so. always scary when it, obviously... Obviously, when it hits land, right, it, it, it can really cause a lot of havoc. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that can happen in the water. We hear about those reports, right? But uh, it was the Gulf. The Gulf Coast is where I'm going to be going, and it looks like that's... Whew, well, hang on, on just a second. You're going to the Gulf Coast. That's exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, but not the Panhandle. It's different. Oh, so you're going on the south part of the Gulf Coast. Yeah. It's like yes. south of Naples. Yes. Okay. It's getting warm in here. <laughs> it's getting warm like Florida in here. Yeah, well, uh, listen, you know, you saying uh, not much happens out at sea. Wrong. Yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, 
The U.S. producers in the Gulf cut oil production by about 40 percent and natural gas output by 28 percent. And you know what the uh, heads of these big corporations are saying? Bingo! Because they know there's a price uh, jump at the pumps any day now as a consequence. This is what happens. It correlates, even though we can't make any sense of this, because when the, the barrel of oil drops, the price at the pumps does not necessarily correspond in going down. Funny that. Well, yeah. haha. I'm not laughing. Funny strange. So this is where, <laughs> because in the Gulf Coast, of course, this is where the oil rigs are, you know, all the way through Alabama, Mississippi, and into Texas, uh, Louisiana, that kind of thing. So, twenty uh, or forty percent oil production is being cut in the Gulf Coast. Now you know. I mean, because the rigs not necessarily safe. These winds, uh, it can get really intense on that part of uh, the Gulf when you're on an oil rig. Now, the thing that's curious to me is there has been a mandatory evacuation order, but they're already saying if you didn't get out, it's too late. Hunker down. That's the advisory at this point. And you know how these hurricanes tend to congregate in trailer parks like tornadoes. They just find them out and uh, do all kinds of damage. Some residents are running for their lives. Others barely exhibit any concern. We've been on that same road for over 100 years, and my family has. And uh, I've seen worse than this. And it's never got up to our house. The storm surge hasn't. I plan on driving all the way back to home tonight. I have faith in the universe, so I'm going to be here. I think where we're located, we'll be okay. Honey, if that water comes in, I'm going, and I'm pulling you with me. (laughs) All right, when you take a microphone to a wrestling crowd... Anyway, uh, I don't know. Cletus sounded pretty uh, buoyant there, and he may just be before nightfall. The Mountain Dew <laughs> cohort. Yeah, that sounds like it, eh? But uh, God bless them down put. there. Yeah, well, they're hunkering down, em. and uh, they're going to ride this thing out much as they can, so to speak. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. Batten the hatches. Well. Hold on to your puppies. But, you know, the insurance companies, they're also uh, relatively shaken by this because, well, they're passing on the cost to consumers, but anybody's buying a condo now on the coast in Florida, right. either coast, has probably noticed your insurance rates are going up or have gone up because they're having to pay out astronomical fees. It seems like every time one of these storms of the century comes through, and we're up to what? Two a year now. So <laughs> That's a lot of centuries. Well, well you know, and it's deterring people. It's dropped property values sure. in certain parts of Florida yep. because uh, of storm surge and what have you. People don't want to buy there. And that's for purchase price or rental price or resale. All of that is affected. Right. Right. And, you know, the whole Airbnb thing, uh, you could be in the air before nightfall. (laughs) I'm I'm just saying that this has got consequences that uh, may not be fully appreciated initially. But uh, as we see, the price of oil and uh, or at least the price of the pumps is going to go up. I guarantee that's going to happen. You're going to hear some excuse when it does spike a little bit here. Uh, a this is a effect. One of these things that is usually it's on the Gulf Coast towards Texas because the refineries are centered around Houston, that that becomes the issue. In this instant, I don't know if this is the stuff that they actually take to the refineries, you know, and... Uh, turn that into gasoline for cars but nonetheless uh, again folks who are being uh, sucked into this maelstrom we hope there's no loss of life but they get increasingly intense these storms and uh, it's another sign that we're living in end times okay everybody have a nice everybody's day. listening yeah well you traffic, know what traffic has just stopped well there were all kinds of indications road. i'm reading the news and uh when you've got Kanye West going to the White House to talk policy with Donald Trump, that's another definitive sign we are living in end times. 
And Taylor Swift is tweeting out, uh, I guess last night, wasn't she at the American Music Awards or something like that? And Taylor Swift uh, made some noise, as she always does, encouraging the crowd to go out and vote. This award and every single award given out tonight were voted on by the people. And you know what else is voted on by the people? Is the midterm elections on November 6th. Get out and vote. I love you guys. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, she got 112 million Twitter followers and uh, encouraging them to go out and vote. Well, good for Taylor Swift. No, hang on just a second. If you're following Taylor Swift on Twitter, you perhaps should not be allowed to vote. What do you think of that? This is one of the things I who was it that said uh, I think it was Ted Cruz or somebody from the Republican Party saying or maybe it was Mike Huckabee. That's who it was. Who said, who cares? I mean, what she has to say, because 13-year-olds don't vote. <laughs> so, Neither do Twitter bots. Well, that's the key. And you know that's exactly right, Mike, because the, the Twitter bots are the ones that drive these numbers into the ionosphere. However, listen to us. We're a bunch of haters, because the haters got to hate, 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 <laughs> Sentiment hate. is in the right place. That's right. Good for you, Taylor Swift. I know. I, I couldn't believe I was actually quoting her. I must have lost my mind. Another sign we're living in end time. Well, I got something for the haters. Yes, wait on this one. Uh-oh. Haters, uh, you can hate on this. <laughs> Waiters, haters. No, no, uh, the haters, because uh, I get it that there are going to be some people who are upset with Doug Ford, even though he may be their man. Uh, Doug has decided that Sikhs who ride motorcycles can do so without helmets. Legislation has been tabled now by his minister, uh, Prabhmeet Sarkaria, and uh, if passed, exemption would be granted to Sikhs on motorcycles. You know, with this beautiful weather we've had the last few days, I don't know if you've noticed it, but I've seen an increase of motorcycles on the road. What about turbans? I'm just saying, if you're on a motorcycle, mm. you want to have something on your coconut. Well, yeah, I, you would think. See, this is the point uh, where Kathleen Wynne, she even promised this, it says here, in 2014, and then retracted or recanted on the promise, and a lot of Sikhs were pissed because, well, a lot of Sikhs, uh, however many ride motorcycles and can't put a helmet over their turban. Now, I don't know if the numbers are significant, but I understand the symbolism of what's at play here. And according to the Canadian Sikh Association, they've lobbied for this and they feel betrayed or did by the Wynn government. But Catherine Wynn, Catherine, it's Kathleen. How, how soon we forget? <laughs> anyway, you know her uh, it, sitting at the card table by the kitchen in the legislature uh, at the kids table. She said, after careful deliberation, the government's decided against the exemption as it was a road safety risk, and I cannot justify setting that concern aside on this issue. Well, let's find out from the folks if you believe that this is, in fact, what's at stake here, a road safety issue. I'm kind of curious, and I know that it's been cited in the past because if somebody without a helmet cracks their melon, while you might say that's their individual right to do so, libertarians are big on that, and I get it. The trouble is, it becomes a shared or collective responsibility when we have to pick up the tab for health care. Well, the thing is, it concerns me. I've had a friend who was in a very serious motorcycle accident, someone who you know, and uh, it wasn't his fault at all. It was someone else on the road, and he's still recovering, and he's still going to recover, and he's lost a leg. And I just think if you're on a motorcycle, why wouldn't you want to protect as I like to call it, your coconut. All right. And well, the answer to that is because you can't get a helmet over a Sikh turban. And uh, unless it's like something monstrous, and then, you know, uh, you've got wind resistant issues and all the rest. But the point 
of this is the freedom to continue to wear this religious garb. Now, I know there's an argument that says it's not mandated. I don't want to get into that because if the Sikh feels that this is upholding their faith, a symbol of their faith, uh, then they're going to wear it regardless. And they want to do it without having to put a helmet on top of it or jerry rig some kind of an apparatus that would be certified by the CSA. Now, it's interesting because B.C., Manitoba and Alberta allow Sikhs to forego a helmet when riding a motorcycle. Which leads to the obvious question, if a Sikh is riding his bike across Canada and suddenly you come to the Saskatchewan border, the hell do you do? This is maybe why they hold that thing in Sturgis, South Dakota, you know, the big uh, the bike thing, because you can duck down into the States and get around Saskatchewan. I don't know. Uh, just made that up. Hard to believe. But anyway, this is what uh, is now becoming... Well, I don't want to say it's becoming an issue. This is going forward. Ford uh, government is going to allow for it if the legislation passes and they've got the requisite votes. But here's my wondering, because if you believe that this is actually a safety or a health concern, of which we're all implicit because somehow we'd have to pick up the tab, you know how it works if somebody cracks their their head. Uh, Or would you say, hey, look, what does somebody without a helmet uh, have to pay insurance-wise? Is there a premium on an up? If there's an upcharge, then the argument might be a special class of license with a premium built into it. Ergo, you've got the health premium kind of concern, and they're paying for the privilege of riding without a helmet. On the basis of this seeming to be uh, a special dispensation, I get it. On the other hand, if you uh, don't allow for Sikhs to go without a helmet, to continue to wear their ceremonial or traditional garb, the, the the turban, that would be seen as discriminatory. So let's find out how the folks feel about it. I'm just saying maybe it's a, a case of special dispensation, but that implies special insurance or a special premium built into the license requirement for motorcyclists who wish to go without a helmet. In this instance, of course, it's only Sikhs who have petitioned for that for now. And, uh, whether or not this becomes a trend and there are other minority groups that would ask for special accommodation. That's something I'll speak to our panel about in just about an hour from now, topics worthy of discussion, but I wanted to get your take on it. And then we'll talk about uh, things to do with health and the practitioners therein thereof, these doctors who are undergoing all kinds of serious stresses and burnout and depression and suicide uh, temptation and things like that. The head of the uh, Canadian Medical Association is going to join us here shortly to explain why there's such a dramatic increase in these types of uh, afflictions in the medical profession. And then we'll talk about uh, the medical marijuana and the legalized marijuana and how that's going to impact on road conditions when it comes to enforcement. But first, I wanted to get your thoughts on this accommodation for Sikhs those who would ride motorcycles. Now, I'm guessing there's not going to be a serious critical mass here, but a lot of people feel if there's one exception made, then that's one too many. However, is there a way around this, or do you believe that in this instance it is justified? Because Doug Ford, the government, is going forward with legislation to allow for it, an exemption. Good idea or not? Do you support it? Yes, no. 870-6400. Let's find out. 870-6400. Star 640 on sale.